Are you making the same mistakes I did? Putting a ton of time in for no results. But we hear you, and we're to help. You don't have to do this by yourself. You just gotta tune in and neck the blueprint. Let Dr. Todd show you how to do it. Don't got no time to waste, let's go. This is neck the blueprint, let's start the show. Oh. Welcome to The Winning Edge, a three-part series on nutrition and sports performance. So I always like to set like uh, some expectations on this. And, and um, although we're, we're going to dive down some, some rabbit holes and kind of talk about everything, at the end of this, it, it should all come together. Okay, It really makes some, some clear delineations of how we eat how we're supposed to eat, and why we are in the situations that we're in, okay? But honestly, there's going to be two things. I want you to think about this. Out of all of this that we're going to uh, unfold here tonight, there's a lot of information, and it's going to, it's going to seem overwhelming. But I want, I want you to think of two things as we go through this. What can I take away and what can I add, okay? When we're, we're actually talking about habits and we're actually talking about making changes in nutrition, there's two ways you can go. You can always take something away, all right, or you can always add something. Okay, and sometimes when we take something away, it's always good to put something right back into that. And so when we're making a habit, like for instance, if I'm drinking Pepsi and I'm drinking too many Pepsis, I just stop drinking that many Pepsi. So we take one away. We had a gal the other day, it was a 12 pack of Pepsi a day. All right, and I, I don't know, I had to ask her how much that cost, but we were actually saving her money with some of the stuff we're doing here because she's like, uh, yeah, it's like two, about two bucks a, a Pepsi. So a week later, she came in, and she's like, ah, so we stabilized her blood sugar, helped her with some stuff, and she's down to one Pepsi. I'm like, that's saving you money, but she was taking it away, right? Eventually, once that Pepsi, the goal for her was that that Pepsi goes away completely, and when we add in what? Water. Yeah, so let's just do an exchange, okay? So you're going to see some stuff tonight that you maybe already be doing. There are going to be some stuff that you're exposed to, I guarantee, that you have no clue about, all right? I've lived this world for like 25 years now. All right, um, starting at 16 years old, jumping into a gym. At the gym that I was in, got bought. I had two people in my life that jumped in and just poured into me. One, he was a baseball coach for Cal State Fullerton and strength and conditioning coach for the weightlifting team. Came up from Southern California, wanted to get out of the rat race. And she was an ultra marathoner. So they bought the gym, they had all sorts of connections. He taught me how to lift from day one. All right, and so I've, I've been in this, this world for a long, long time, right? And then it became a passion of mine, just diving into a bunch of different aspects of it. How could we, uh, how could we look at it for myself? How could I look at it for people I started working with? And I'll, I'll go through my history here in just a little bit. But at the end, think about this. What can I take away and what can I add as far as nutrition goes? Okay? Does that make some sense? Fair enough? Okay. And with a casual environment like this, you can stop me anytime. You know me well enough to say, hey, I got a quick question. And we'll go through it because I guarantee it's something uh, uh, that somebody else might have a question with as well. Fair enough? Okay. Awesome. Let's go. All right. So just a little bit of my background. I was like, um, how this kind of came together was we were sitting at Sailor Broker Ribs. So she wasn't really participating at the wrestling camp with uh, Jordan Burroughs. And Jordan Burroughs uh, let the kids ask a bunch of questions and then turn it to the, to the audience uh, with parents. And parents, I want to answer your questions. And I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting, and I didn't want to jump in as one of the, you know, kind of helpers there and stuff like that. But we absolutely nobody asked him about nutrition. Here you have one of the most uh, elite athletes as far as physical ability, and he's maintained his weight for, I don't know, how many years, since the Olympics and things like that. And nobody asked him about nutrition. I'm like, if you wanted to know about dialed in nutrition, 
Like, what, like walk me through your day. Why do you eat and all those types of things? I was hoping it was coming out. And then he had to move on. And I was like, I don't feel like I want to ask the question. So I, I went home and I was like, absolutely frustrated. I was like, and somebody asked him about Joe Rogan and how it was on that show. I'm like, oh, that's great. But like, what is this guy's pattern to success? Because nutrition has to play a big role. And he mentioned it briefly in there, but it's something that we often don't talk about. Okay. And Elko's got a massive problem with that. All right. In general, because of the fact that we have to travel. Our athletes have to travel. Every two hours, you've got to stop, and we're stopping at a gas station. Everybody scrambles, gets the food that's there and available, and it's probably not the healthiest food out there. Would we agree? Okay? So I'm going to give you some patterns and some ways to make some shifts in there, because ultimately, at the end of the day, only you, as an athlete, can make those shifts. The school's not going to do it for you. Bus drivers and coaches, God knows, the coaches aren't going to do it for you. There's one coach here tonight, two coaches here tonight, but the coaches that should be here that are leading some of these groups are not here tonight, all right? So can we make different decisions? Now, um, as an elite athlete, um, I ski race. That was my sport. I played football, tried to play baseball. My shoulder dislocated when I'd throw because I did too much bench press looking back on this thing. So baseball was out for me, but um, ski racing was my gig. And I got a scholarship in college and raced uh, Division One with UC Boulder and uh, University of Anchorage, Alaska, and all these guys. And and uh, I realized quickly that nutrition was a big part of what I had to do, okay? Um, uh, also, got into collegiate rugby, too. So we played rugby, um, Division One rugby, went all the way to a national championship. Awesome. But I got out of school and was so passionate about sports, nutrition, and body, and, and helping people move in that direction. I got a degree in kinesiology, emphasis in athletic training, went on to get my strength and conditioning certification through the National Strength and Conditioning Association, and then uh, certified athletic training. That's some of you, I've taped you. That's how I learned how to tape, taping and evaluating sports injuries and stuff like that. Dr. B and I was talking, I actually um, started helping out. I was kind of like the stray dog for the Elko football team. I just showed up. I was like, hey, can I help? And they're like, hey, you know, I don't even know this guy, but he's, yeah, can you tape? And I started taping. That's how I got involved with this stuff. Um, but I've been doing that since actually 2010, so almost 13 years on the sidelines. So when I look back at all of that and then getting the doctorate in chiropractic, chiropractic is really focused on nutrition. So the, the sheer difference, and not to pick on Dr. Bergeron, he's not here somewhere, but medical will focus on pharmacology. That's what they do. So it's how drugs interact and what those drugs do to a, a body, right? Um, uh, chiropractic looked at, hey, yeah, we got a little pharmacology. You got to know what the drugs are doing. But our emphasis was on nutrition and the biochemistry of nutrition and what that does in the body. So when we had biochemistry classes, it was understanding nutrition, all right? And understanding how that would affect the body, affect energy, affect how the body uh, worked and, and moved and felt and all that good stuff. So, so my hope is to do this actually on a regular basis for as many people that need it, okay? You guys running teams, you're gonna walk out of here and just say, shit, everybody needs to know this. You will, okay? And you're gonna get some uh, exposed to some stuff that you're like, I have no idea, okay? We're gonna go down, like I said, a couple rabbit holes will make some sense for you as well, okay? So anyways, I'm qualified to talk about that. That's all that says. I'm an athlete, just like you guys are. I used to be an athlete. I'm old and um, everything like that. Now, we did start the Nectar, and people were like, how did you come across this? And we'll talk about it a little bit in here. How did you come across the Nectar? Why all this such thing? And I, I, I said, you know, it was actually designed for my old body. Everything in here that I bring in is for me, right? But if I'm willing to do it and it works on me, then we can extrapolate this out to everybody else. And that's how this happens, okay? 
And a lot of things that we do here are being implemented in uh, professional sports teams now. Chiropractors are on every sports team. Um, they're doing IV nutrition behind the scenes. Okay, so I want to read through these because it's really important. I put a, um, a diagram up here that just talks about some trends. And this is, it's kind of funny because this is out of the CDC. The CDC is uh, very popular nowadays because CDC with vaccine and all that type of stuff. We know CDC, everybody talks about these as well. And oftentimes their studies are super flawed, right? Yeah. Obviously with vaccine, it was super flawed. They take actually their data sometimes from pharmaceutical companies and not always, but a lot of what they put out there is just crap information, okay? But it's what's used to uh, go into textbooks and trainings and nutrition class. Uh, the information that we're putting out, uh, out there, all right, is, is not the best information at all, right? So anyways, all right, so this is talking, this is talking about sodas and, and, and things like that. We don't really need to spend some time. I'm just going to lay a foundation for how important um, nutrition is for adolescents, growing up, youth, okay, young athletes, all the way into even college athletes right, as well. Adolescence is the second fastest growth period after infancy. So an infant grows really fast. The second fastest growth period is in your adolescence and is characterized by significant alterations in body composition, metabolic, and hormone function, organs maturation, so uh, maturing organs, and formation of nutri nutrient deposits that may have an impact on future health. So you're laying a foundation, right? Um, you athletes are laying a foundation that will actually catapult you into latter aspects of life. The things that we do in here are catching up with those nutrient deposits not being laid down when you're a kid. Okay, because once a body goes nutri nutrient deficient, it's really hard to eat your way out of it. You're going to see some of that today. Okay, as we expose that low energy availability is often accompanied by low macronutrient and micronutrient intakes. You guys know the difference between macro and micronutrients. We're going to go through that. Okay, so it'll make some sense. And athletes reduced intakes of macronutrients, so the proteins, carbohydrates, and fats may cause decrease of the. Uh, physiological ability for bone formation, muscle mass, maintenance, damage, uh, tissue repair, and injury recovery. So bottom line, what does that say? If I'm not getting the nutrients that I need, I'm not recovering, I'm not recovering from injuries, I'm not recovering from my workouts, and then I'm losing muscle mass and bone mass, all right, as a, as a young athlete. Not good, right? So if we're looking at athletic performance, no athlete would sit, sit around and say, I want less muscle, um, lighter bones, and, and things like that. Have we ever seen an athlete get injured and you're just like, God, that didn't make any sense. Like they broke a bone, but it wasn't really that, well, could it be the lack of nutrients that they have? All right, glycogen stores, which glycogen is just sugar stored in our, our muscle tissue, may not be properly replaced during time periods of intensive acti activity training if carbohydrate intake is inadequate, okay? And that's, I put that in there because this is, we have to make a stark difference between an athlete and the rest of us, right? That, that maybe work a nine to five job. And athletes need carbohydrates. So I talk to athletes all the time. It's like, mom, dad are on this carbo restricted diet, right? So I don't eat carbs at all either. I'm like, you need carbs. We have to have carbs. Carbs are a crucial part of rebuilding those glycogen stores, okay? I'll go over it briefly and then we'll go into more, more depth on it. But anaerobic activity, so activity that is not aerobic, like long distance running, things like that, short bursts, require glycogen stores. You have to have sugar stores. Your muscle basically requires that energy to re be replaced or you fatigue quickly. All right, energy deficits can cause short stature, 
That's what happened to me. Um, delayed puberty, menstrual dysfunction, loss of muscle mass, mass, and increased susceptibility for fatigue, injury, or illness. Right. I talked to a gentleman, um, uh, this was about a month ago, and uh, he was talking that he didn't hit puberty until he was in his 20s. And of course, what were we dealing with? A lot of chronic issues and chronic disease states that are already settled in. So this was probably already in place in his world, all right, and doesn't even know about it. He grew up, he wasn't an athlete uh, as far as what he broke down, but uh, on his intake, not an athlete, didn't play sports, but here he was, not hit puberty so later. So he didn't have the nutrients to be able to, what well, develop in life, okay? So these are, these are vital things. Now, most of athletes that we see that are active, they look healthy and things like that, we may not be dealing with malnutrition, but we may be dealing with uh, subtle forms of it, okay? And I'm going to show you how it may show up in different arenas, all right, and what to watch for and look for in yourself as well. All right, so top concerns among high school athletes, put this in here, the top things that we used to deal with outside of eating disorders, which is a whole nother issue that I don't, I'm not going to dive into tonight, okay, but inadequate calorie intake, okay, the, the thing that we're going to actually learn tonight is that we're consuming more calories, but getting less nutrients, okay, so we're eating enough, but not getting the nutrients that we need, so you could be eating enough calories on paper, but their inadequate calorie intake can still show up, all right? Insufficient carb intake, I already talked about, low to no protein, timing of meals or skipping meals altogether, inadequate hydration, excess reliance on supplements, a Kellen, and poor food choices. So poor food choices and excess reliance on supplements, okay? Um, we get this a lot, that uh, we have a lot of athletes in Alaska, it's like, what supplements should I be taking? Like, how's that? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, how's your food? Okay, we'll get to supplements, but what is supplement? If I get supplement insurance, it's in addition to another insurance policy, right? Supplements are to supplement a good diet. So we can't supplement our diet unless we have a good diet. Okay? Supplement crappy diet is not a good thing. So the other thing that we'll talk about is like, um, I want to give you guys some strategies for what do we do when we're home and what do we do when we're away? What do I eat? And slides down the way here, we're going to go through this and give you some strategy on this, all right? But I'm going to go on the 90-10 rule. So your week, all right, as an athlete or as a parent of an athlete and take care of the, the, if we can win the week, we can flex on the weekends, okay? If we can win the week, meaning that if we're dialed during the week, we can have a little bit of flexibility on a weekend, all right? So if we mess up on a weekend because we're traveling, maybe don't make some good choices, we're still okay because we're laying that foundation on on the weekdays. Does that make sense? All right. So that's the ultimate goal is to eat really well and provide that foundation. We know though what you do during the week, just like practice. All right. You win the game because of the practice. We don't win the game because we show up that day. It's what we did. It's the work that we did the week prior. And that's really important as far as nutrition goes as well. All right. So um, what do we do in a hotel restaurant? Okay. I put this up here because most of it, I almost took a picture. We were in hotels all weekend. Right. And I went downstairs and it's like, turkey sausage i'm like really <laughs> what kind of turkey is that and then the eggs are all powdered eggs and there's some serious issues with these things uh, they'll even make frittatas breakfast meats granola yogurt waffles pastries pancakes hash browns hard-boiled eggs uh, uh, every hotel now has because they can charge you more right and they have a free breakfast 
Okay, do you guys get that? I don't even know. I mean, is breakfast offered at some of the hotels? You guys probably Roche, Roche Motel. Like, no breakfast. All right, that's all right. Are you a natural healthcare provider that is tired of trading time for money? A chiropractor, naturopath, homeopathic doctor, even a medical doctor that's tired of the mainstream healthcare system and desire a blueprint to integrate the latest and greatest in science and natural approaches to clinical outcomes? Things like advanced nutritional protocols, IV therapies, IV nutritional therapies, like major autohemotherapy, ultraviolet blood irradiation, things like regenerative joint medicine, medical weight loss, or even stem cell therapies, then I have a blueprint for you. If you're a patient that's suffering with chronic disease, a degenerative joint, or a stuck metabolism that can't lose weight, then we have a protocol for you. Drop me a DM now for a one-on-one -on -one conversation to how we're helping doctors and patients be able to get the outcomes they desire, to transform their lives, to transform their bodies, to optimize their health with a blueprint today. So um, a lot of times when you're traveling, you're, you're kind of fitting for yourself. If you stop by a restaurant, fast food, and things like that. Okay, I saw a coach at the wrestling camp um, just getting a, a McDonald's sandwich down his mouth right before we started. And I'm like, okay, well, we had to get some breakfast because there's better choices even at home. But we don't have a lot of those good choices. Food courts, malls are usually traditionally horrible, okay? These are just not good food choices. Catered meals would be ideal, all right? I talked to, um, so Kellen's been traveling with Boise Baseball Academy, and one of the moms says that they um, have meals catered. And it's actually cheaper when they pool, the parents pool all their money and they get a catering company to show up to the hotels and then have food, all right? Some of the hotels are doing catering. You can actually select certain proteins and things like that. Just an idea, okay? Um, would it take a little work? Yeah. There was one at uh, Bishop Minogue. One of the parents was talking about they show up with, um, you know, whatever they want, but tons of money. But um, they show up with all sorts of fruit and other snacks and all that stuff during the games and things like that. So it, it's interesting. Um, is the school, there are certain schools that prepare meals, lunches and things like that for traveling and things like that. That's probably not going to happen at ours. I know that. Um, but um, coming back, probably the best thing that you can do as an athlete is pack your own meal. All right, and have a little cooler and you travel with that. It takes some meal planning, but the only way that you can control that situation is to have that stuff and just be like, hey, we're stopping here. I'm like, oh, I can make some good decisions out of this and we'll show you these things. Or you're like, you know what? That's not good. I know I can't make some good decisions on this or it doesn't have the variety. I'm going to come back and, and trust that I have some things I can eat here. Okay, and go that direction as well. All right, common symptoms of malnutrition um, include fatigue, now, I want you to think about this. So if we're showing up at an athletic performance, all right, and where we need to um, show up on game day and perform our best, all right, but we're malnourished, and we got fatigue, all right, sleeping long hours, yet still tired, mood swings, hormonal disruption, okay, so females could be PMS, uh, male, male or females, acne, um, dysmenorrhea, which is a difficult menstrual cycle, lack of drive, motivation, are all part of the hormonal disruption. Chronic sickness, allergies, poor recovery, like you're going into game day, always sore. I'm sore, not recovering, not a good good situation. Easily injured. We talked about in chronic joint pain and muscle pain. Okay, and we all see it. Coaches, you see it sometimes. You're just like you got a group of athletes that no matter what, they're just going. They don't complain all the time. Then we got a group of athletes that's like always hurt, you know, and always complaining, always having these issues. Um, so 
you know, we have to look at nutrition as a, as a, a, a common source of, of some of these kids and maybe somebody to address these types of things, okay? Um, as a coach, one of the things I would probably jump into is, is um, getting exposed to some of this. Uh, start the season and, and talk, talk to the kids about it. I'd be more than happy if uh, any of the coaches, I'll do this presentation for a small group for each team if we need to, all right? Because it's that vital. Um, that everybody understands this. Now, are all of your athletes going to make these decisions? No. Okay. They grow up and they have, um, there's some cultural issues that you're going to run into. You're going to have some fam family issues in there. You're going to have some financial issues in there. Um, it, it takes a bit of money to eat really well. And so people will choose the bottom shelves on Walmart instead of actually trying to get some organic stuff. I get that. All right. But again, what can I add? If I can add one thing, what can I take away? If I can take away one thing, then it's a win. Okay, even for just one athlete, it make it a little bit of shift, make a huge difference in there as well. Okay, so interesting enough, and we're going to go down rabbit hole and just a little bit about chemistry and uh, processed food. All right, we were all born into a food system that was bought and paid for before we actually even were born. Okay, and um, this is about big money, and I say this all the time. The foods that we eat and the foods that are available to us widely is about making money. It's not about health. All right, so thus we have a challenge. I mean, the foods that are widely available to us that we consume on a regular basis is going to create all sorts of toxicity. It has all sorts of chemistry involved in it because, and I'll, I'll go through the history of this in a little bit, um, but that means that most likely all of us sitting in here have, are carrying some sort of chemical or toxic look. Okay, I brought this in because I want you to be exposed to some of these symptoms. Um, again, being fatigued, and tired all the time. Um, it's very common if you're toxic or overload, heavy metals um, as well are a big part of this. You wake up and have crusty eyes all the time. It's a, uh, uh, we've got chronic allergies, rhinitis, runny nose all the time. Um, dark circles around the eyes, GI issues. My stomach hurts all the time. I got some nausea, maybe bouts of vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, diarrhea, going through those, those um, bouts. Headaches, weakness, and multiple joint pain. Skin reactions, acne, rashes, hives, respiratories like asthma, coughing, wheezing, shortness of breath. All right. So again, you think back as coaches, you think back about all your athletes that you work with, and you probably have a variety of all that going on, all right? And maybe never even connected it to the nutrition. You're just like, no, oh, that person's not healthy. Don't know why. And you just, hey, come on, pick it up. <laughs> That's what we do. Let's go. Let's go. And we don't understand that this person might be going through something that they don't even understand what they're going through and dealing with on a regular basis, okay? Okay, so coming back to what can I eliminate and what can I add? This is what I want you guys thinking as we go through some of this. Just a quick breakdown, so um, this is just kind of doing the, the ground rules so everybody's on the same page of this. Macronutrients, okay? I think macro is big. Big nutrients, that's your proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, okay? Proteins, carbohydrates, and fats are what we call macronutrients. Um, the micronutrients are vitamins and minerals, and I put this up here. There's a new, um, there's a new kind of, oh shit, we didn't know this and now we know this kind of concept of what we call um, micro minerals. So when we're talking about vitamins and minerals as micronutrients, now we're finding even smaller particles of minerals that are so essential and have all sorts of benefits. But we don't really know yet what they do and how they do what they do. We're finding them um, as, as science gets a little bit um, more detailed. All right, but, but they know they're all positive. All right, I just started one called humic and fulvic acid that I take on a daily basis. It's absolutely phenomenal. 
but they're actually staying down at the mitochondrial uh, cell membrane. Helps well oxygen transport. So it's like, oh my God, this has got to be part of an athlete's routine, right? But a year ago, this was not even on the radar. And so here we are finding out um, microminerals. I'm like, geez, here you go. And it's not even, you know, when we talk about micronutrients, it's vitamins and minerals. We just thought minerals was the end, end of it as well. You also have to understand the difference between inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory foods. I saw this the other day. It came across in the, the blue beetle. I was like, I got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's, that's actually somebody, somebody would order that and eat that and think that that was pretty cool. Maybe you guys have had one. I don't know. Um, maybe, was it good? If you had <laughs> The blue beetle burger, okay? Um, but literally, um, there are two types of people. And you have to understand whether you're a parent of an athlete or you're an athlete, uh, coach, um, they've literally said that there's um, a delineated person A, person B, um, and, and this is in the literature. Person A understands that when I consume a certain amount of food, it has an impact on my body. All right, I know, I know it, it's fueling me, and I understand that that feels important. And then there's person B that's like, I eat, and, I, I, and then I don't know why I feel bad. And I don't connect what I eat to how I feel or how my body operates. Okay, As we had a gentleman in here, he goes, he finally woke up at like 65 years old with neuropathy and all sorts of other issues in his body. And he goes, you know, I've learned so much in here. And he goes, he goes, but what I used to say is like about food and nutrients is anything that made a turd. And I go, really? That was your motto? He goes, yeah, I used to joke and everybody laughed about it. And he's like, how stupid was that? But there again, there's that personality that lived most of his life just like food was just to make a turd. That was it. Like you didn't really understand that the, the nutrients that you took in have an impact on your overall health, all right? And here's the hard part is because the foods that we consume, like the Blue Beetle Burger, it's not going to hurt you today. You might feel a little bit like, you know, whatever, I would think. I don't know, a blue bud doesn't make a lot of sense to me to find that in nature. But if I eat that, it may not impact me today. And this is the hard part for athletes, okay? Um, I was this way in college. I could eat anything, right? You could eat anything and you felt okay and you still performed okay or thought I performed okay. It wasn't until later decades that these things start to catch up, okay? So there's a difference between preventative care and like immediate care, all right? It's easy to take a pill and feel really good right now, all right? But the long-term implications of that and not getting to the root problem, all right? So we have a lot of athletes who just like, I get by. I mean, I don't know. I can eat anything. My metabolism is this, you know? It's like, you know, we've all been there. It will slow down. Things will change and these things will catch up. All right, but I think we have to make a case for athletes that, okay, what if you could perform 10% better? What if you had 10% more energy? What if you could recover a little bit quicker, okay? What if you actually could prevent an injury from happening by the foods that you're eating, okay? And a big part of this has to do with a pathway. This is kind of a scary pathway. I put this, this is what we used to study in biochemistry and understand these types of things. But bottom line, there's two different avenues, okay? Everybody heard about omega-3 fatty acids, okay? They come from fish predominantly, okay? Omega-3 fatty acids. Okay, so omega-3, and, and this is a pathway that works on the bottom. Omega-3 comes from um, typically fish oils. You can get it from vegetarian sources, um, but that it's basically like vegetarian sources are like blue-green algae, and essentially what we know is like the little fish eats the blue-green algae, converts it to the omega-3. 
blue-green algae is not a good vegetarian source of omega-3. Some people have made a case for it, but it doesn't. has to be converted through a couple steps in the body. But that's why we eat fish, because the fish converts it for us, and we eat the fish, and we get the omega-3s. We know that omega-3 goes down a pathway, which is uh, shown on your um, right-hand side, which is a pro- anti-inflammatory. So it releases prostaglandins that are anti-inflammatory. There's cofactors, uh, basically cycle oxygenase. Um, essentially, omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. We know that, okay? The reason I'm bringing this up, what does the fish oil have to do with this? Well, omega-6 is the counter to that. And we know that we should have a ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. Omega-6s is pro-inflammatory, okay? This is how your immune system works. So it uses that. The omega-6 prostaglandins go down into bradykinin, substance P, histamine is a, is a big one, okay, that people, anytime somebody's got some allergic reaction, okay, or has some allergies going on, you can take a Zyrtec, or I'm like, hey, just take some omega-3s. I used to, as a kid growing up, I had, like, I couldn't breathe, I had, like, skin peeling off, I had all these allergies, and then when I started to find out about this and study on my own, I was like, phew, I did, like, 10 grams of fish oils a day of greens, and totally cured my allergies, I haven't had them since, all right, based on this pathway. All right, this pathway has to be explored. Now, why do I bring this up? So we go back to that blue burger right there. That blue burger is full of omega-6s, okay? So we take beef, we raise beef, and actually if it's grass-fed, happy day, most of it's not, it's grain-fed, okay? In the um, fast food restaurants, it's all grain-fed. Grains are omega-6, okay? So we have a protein source that's all chock-full of omega-6, right? Then we put cheese that's omega-6 on it. Um, and then we put like sugary ketchup, mustard, and stuff like that. So sugar, and then the bun is predominantly omega-6. So you have an omega-6 burger, which is what? Pro-inflammatory. Okay? So there's no omega-3s in there. <clears throat> so the ratio should be. Omega-6s are all bad. You're going to find omega-6s like in olive oil, borage oil, all sorts of oils have omega-6s. And there's some good omega-6s out there. But our ratio should be about 3 to 1 omega-6 to omega-3. All right. They say the average American diet right now is upwards of 50 to 60 to 1 of omega-6 to omega-3. 50 to 60 inflammatory to 1 anti-inflammatory. So do you think we're inflamed? Okay. And we're talking about inflammation. Inflammation goes everywhere. It's through the tissues. It's through all the joints and things like that. So if your kid, again, is not being able to push it, is not being able to do what they need to do, they hurt, they can't run, they can't breathe, they got all these things, it's likely due to the nutrition that they have. All right. And as I tell kids and I tell adults nowadays, I'm like, congratulations, your best couple years of, um, of nutrition was probably when your mom breastfed you. No, you didn't get breastfed? Okay, so you were screwed from the get-go. You had formulas, which was chock full of omega-6s, processed foods, chemicals, stuff like that. Not to mention, you are probably vaccinated, which added a lot of other neurological insult. And then we have your mom and dad, these two cells came together. <laughs> your mom and dad, uh. Okay, so now I understand how you operate as an athlete or lack thereof. All right, because some of these kids now have no shot at it, really, truly. Okay, so we have to understand that too, that nutrition is going to be a huge part of this. And then again, you can see where I'm ranting and raving. We start stopping and muck and what's our options? Well, McDonald's, Burger King, you know, all these six things. And so we inflame our athletes on the way to a sporting event and ask these kids to perform at high levels. Um, it, this has to be looked at. We have to just come raise the flag on this and say, hey, can we make better choices? Can we add something? Can we take something away? That's all I want um, from today. So one way you can balance this, add a, add a fish oil as a supplement, okay? Add a fish oil as a foundation. I'll, I'll, I'll break that down for you. It's a foundation that I do for everybody. Like, what supplements should I take? If I, if I can just take a couple of my fish oil, has got to be part of it because we know that omega-6s are super, super high, all right? So what you're doing by taking a fish oil, 
change nothing in your diet, add the fish oil, we're reducing that ratio, so you should be a little less inflamed. Now, add the fish oil in and take away some of the omega-6s, happy day. Now we're making some really good moves, okay? See, allergies clear up, breathing issues clear up, often skin issues clear up, all sorts of stuff, okay? Plus, omega-3s make you smart, okay? We used to trick our kids when they were they had like had fish oils, of course, all this type of stuff, and they thought they were treats. I'm like, all right, who wants dessert? <laughs> like, just horrible. Gumbo, <laughs> I didn't even know that. But they were like, they loved it. And then they got back to back at us because like in the car, they'd be like, like I remember I ate it, and they'd fall down, and then eventually they start to sink or pop open. You're like, God, what is the smell in the car? It's horrible. And they make, um, they make decent ones. Uh, and with kids, young athletes, I just say, however they, they'll take it, okay? We have tutti-free ones that are just like little capsules you pop, but they still have a little fishy flavor to them all the way down. So you guys know the, the, um, the gummies and things like that. Okay. The gummies have sugars, but I'm like, hey, you're still getting it, okay? Eye health, brain health, skin health, hair health, and then anti-inflammatory. It's like one of the best things you can do, okay? We had a guy that we reduced his heart, heart disease, his heart, um, cardiovascular risk factors, by up in the fish oil, it's just alone. I mean, because it, again, it goes down to um, uh, promoting cyclooxygenase, which is basically anti-inflammatory. It's a vasodilator as well. So it's heart healthy, all those types of things. Um, you know, so pretty cool. Pretty cool substance. Nature always has the answer. Okay. So this is the fun part. Here's ready, ready for the wormhole. Okay. We burned through a few slides. I know it was dry. Here's a wormhole. This is the fun part. Okay, chemistry and food. So um, I, want, I want some feedback and see if you guys have ever been exposed to this. All right, I hadn't been exposed to it until um, literally chiropractic school when I was just like, we were going through some stuff. And, and the chiropractors, once you get exposed and understand how to read labels and understand chemistry, and then you're understanding the food sources and what's in it, ingredients, and you're just like, and, I, and so we had, I was blessed to have professors and our, um, our biochemistry professor was a PhD in biochemistry um, at a huge university, came to teach, and he was a chiropractor. He actually got uh, his school paid for while he taught, uh, but everything related was back to nutrition. It was absolutely phenomenal. So he'd go through and just like put stuff up and be like, okay, here's these ingredients and this and that. It's all it's all man made. It's the way it got down to it. It was all man made. And we're like, well, how did this happen? I'm going to jump ahead to Betty Crocker. And we're going to come back to Kellogg. All right, we're going to get a little little graphic with uh, Kellogg, but this is interesting. It has to be. Explain and it'll actually open some doors and explain a lot of where we're at politically, um, uh, socially, economically as well. But Betty Crocker was the first to probably transition of, um, of uh, processed foods. Okay, prior to Betty Crocker, um, you youngsters know Betty Crocker? You've probably seen a, a cookbook that's like white and red stripe, that's Betty Crocker. Okay, but General Mills basically developed a fictional character, Betty Crocker, to be able to sell their grains. Okay, so General Mills basically is, if you look, they've got the stamp on pretty much every cereal box that's out there outside of Kellogg's. See you, Okay, um, and um, General Mills was huge at, even at the time, but they processed grain. They found that, though, if they could take the grain, which was uh, all the vitamins and minerals on the, on, uh, take wheat, for instance, take all the husk off of it, Okay, which is all the vitamins and minerals, and then process that down. Take basically everything out of it. You got this white, floury substance that you can make a cake out, right? Cakes and pastries, right? And it was actually uh, uh, France had done this for a while. This is where uh, French pastries and stuff like that came around um, as like the delicacies, but they were desserts, right? Uh, Antoinette, Marie Antoinette, liked to make eat cake. That was the thing. The cake was for the royalty. 
the royalty was the only one that could afford the processed white flour. And, and so that goes back to a little bit of history on that. But anyways, Betty Crocker was this, uh, this um, uh, fictional character that was developed at General Mills to um, cater to the housewife and to get her to buy a boxed cake. So before that, it was like, boxed cake? Why would we ever buy a cake in a box? So that doesn't make any sense. You just basically pour it in a bowl and add water and mix it, and then you have a cake. We always made cake from scratch, right? It was just like, you had flowers and eggs and, and all these types of things. Well, it caught on. And General Mills realized that if they could continue to process foods and, and increase shelf lives, then what do they do? They actually save money, right? Grocery stores would save money. So it became this food revolution where um, processed food started to come around. And because of the processed food regime, what we had is a greater shelf life. Well, at, at home, that made some sense because then we could store food, right? And there was some political stuff going on, right? We go through post-World War II, going into Cold Wars and things like that. We could store food because we're going to get nuclear bombed, right? We could store food that made some sense. So they just kind of struck a chord um, with the general public that's just like, ah, so was, processed food just started to take off, right? This is where cereals and things like that came around, okay? So here we are, flash forward, like, I, you, I, I wasn't around then, but now we're born into this society that this is very common. Mm -hmm.